This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, March 19, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And I hope you are all enjoying your social distancing. At least this all this doesn't interrupt our relationship and our conversation here on Invest Talk. And you know, the markets were at a high. It's just a month ago. Crazy to think about. This has all happened in just about a month, and we've seen immense volatility over that time. And you're probably taking stock, right? taking stock of your positions, of the market, uh, what businesses are in trouble, uh, which businesses or stocks are now bargains in the marketplace. And I will tell you, there's plenty of both. There's plenty of businesses in trouble right now, and there's plenty of businesses that will be just fine, uh, and their prices are very depressed. So you have great opportunity and great landmines out there in the marketplace. So we're going to talk today about those opportunities, about the volatility, about the type of companies, type of investments, because it's not going to just be companies. It can be other types of investments as well. There are asset classes besides stocks that might be a good place to allocate some capital to as well. So our goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. Each and every day on the best talk, we're going to try to move you one step closer. And in you know, a month or two ago, it was a lot harder. It was a lot harder to guide you because there was a lot fewer opportunities in the marketplace than there are today. So we certainly are excited. I know we are at KPP about all, all the opportunities I bought. We bought three positions today that we find are, you know, low debt, anti-cyclical businesses, cheap valuation, solid growth and management. They're out there. So it's not something where everything is a sell, uh, but not everything is a buy either, right? So we're going to talk about the opportunities today and whatever's on your mind. Now that I've set things up, I'm here and ready to answer your investing and finance questions. Our anytime list line is open, and we did have an issue with it last week. It had something to do with the Verizon XTO merger. It kind of messed up our uh, our, our voicemail for the 8899 chart number. Uh, so we finally got back on track and took a, some tracking down to figure out what exactly went wrong. Because, you know, you haven't touched anything and it works for 15 years. But you, you kind of forget how to, how to fix it. So we found it, we fixed it, and we're ready to go to take your questions. Uh, 888-99-CHART, whether that's live or after hours, we would love to hear from you. But let me remind you, let me mention San Jose, California. Now, due the, to this uh, coronavirus and actually there's a shelter-in-place ordinance in San Jose. So I did have a trip planned tomorrow, but I think I'm able to fly there, but I probably would be stuck at the airport. Uh, and I know that um, a lot of the offices there are closed, so it would just be very difficult for me to have any of these meetings. So we have a tentative date for May 1st. May 1st uh, is my tentative date to try to uh, 
meet with people. So we're working on that. Uh, so stay abreast of that situation, and we will get those new dates out to you. But I know Steve is looking forward to his trip to uh, Houston and Chicago coming up next month. Hopefully this doesn't derail those plans either. So he does have some appointments available there. And so if you want to meet with him, just head over to investtalk.com. We have a bunch of dates scattered throughout the year all over the country now because the podcast is just growing so rapidly, and we thank you for that. Uh, and we want to help as many people as possible all across America. You know, for many years we had our radio show still do uh, in the Bay Area, San Jose. And it's actually, if you, I don't know if anyone knows this, but it's the number one talk radio market in the country. It'd be crazy. Uh, but now podcast has outpaced all of that. So we thank all of you for that, uh, that, that fanfare. Now, my main talking point today concerns fraudulent. Scammers may try to steal coronavirus relief direct payments. So we're going to touch on that. The White House is trying to send checks immediately to American households. But the FTC is warning people to stay on guard. So we're going to talk about that. I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if that's the best use of money. I mean, you can give people money, but if they're forced to stay at home, what are they going to do with that money? Buy more groceries? Yes, it will keep food on the table. It will help people pay rent maybe. But what else are they going to do? with? They're not going to buy a car. They're not going to go on a trip. So I don't know how, if that really is going to do a whole lot, but I think they're going to try. So we're going to talk about that. Also, the bond market. We always talk about how the equity markets are smarter. Sorry, the bond markets are smarter than the equity markets usually. So what is happening in the bond markets, especially the corporate bond market, and where? what does that tell you about some of the underlying equities, as well as where are the opportunities in the marketplace as well. So we're going to touch on that. Also, cash is now king. Cash is now king, and we're going to give you a sense of what that means in today's market. And we're going to also talk about REITs, mortgage REITs. Remember those REITs that are yielding 12 15 18%? Yeah. Many of them are down dramatically, and we're going to talk about why uh, Annalee Mortgage is down 50% in two weeks, <laughs> three weeks. So there's many out there that are getting crushed, crushed, and we're going to talk about why as well. So those are the things that are on my mind, just kind of give you, keep you abreast of what's happening in the marketplace today. And as usual over the past month, a lot. Let's take a quick look at the equity markets in today's session. You had Dow's up pretty big. Let's see. Let me look at the exact number here. Dow's up 188 points. I guess so. Not, not, not very big. Uh, you had small caps. That was really the big turning point today. Was small caps were up. Russell was up 67 points, uh, about, about 6% uh, on the day. And that just tells you that this, we're near bottom, uh, at least a near-term bottom in the market. Uh, it looks like it. A lot of that is technical. There's huge support on all the major indices, giant long-term support. And then you get on the backdrop of easy monetary policy, stimulative fiscal policy coming down the pipeline, and that all is a recipe for 
a bounce in the market. Now, the bigger question is, is this a bounce to continue to buy or is it a bounce to sell? Maybe buy now and sell into it. Uh, you know, however you want to play it, that is the bigger question. And, you know, my... What, what I think is going to happen is it's going to be a very bifurcated marketing. It's going to be very different than the past few years, even 10 years, right? Because you're going to enter a market or we're entering a market where companies that have little debt and are cheap, maybe pay a dividend, positive cash flow, solid balance sheet, have anti-cyclical businesses, those are the names that are going to outperform. Companies that have very cyclical businesses, that have a lot of debt in their balance sheet, maybe junk rated, those are the names that are going to tend to underperform. Doesn't mean you can't have days where they outperform, but in general, the credit markets are now in a way seizing up, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But ultimately, we're going to uh, we're going to know based on how long this shutdown really lasts for, and uh, we're going to talk about that more throughout the show. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and if you are serious about achieving financial freedom, you have to be prepared for market volatility. So, Invest Talk listeners are invited to contact myself or Steve to set up appointments for their portfolio assessment in a one-on-one session. And in this current market environment, recommendations for social distancing, we can easily conduct personalized portfolio reviews via telephone or Skype or FaceTime. And there are other ways to connect as well. So there's no reason to postpone a no-cost portfolio review consultation and find out what the opportunities in the market are. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. It's been another busy week for the markets, lots of news, and coronavirus uncertainty. But you're interested in achieving financial freedom, so you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Justin Klein is here now, and he's taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Yes, hi, Stephen Justin. This is Mike from Orange County, and I have a question about Kroger, KR, two things. It looks like it survived this carnage. Wondering if it's a buy purchase now, and at what point would you attempt to get into the stock? Thank you. Yes, Kroger. So we actually bought Kroger for many managed accounts, uh, a few of our strategies a few weeks back, uh, sub 30. And I think this is one of the big, big winners from this. Uh, even though they do have a little bit of debt in their balance sheet, this is a, a company that is going to, has already greatly benefited from this uh, environment. And even in, uh, in, in a slower economy, and even if we kind of come out of this, uh, we're not going to come out the, with an economy that's booming again. It's going to be uh, kind of fits and starts, I think, especially as we battle uh, this, uh, this virus for probably an extended period of time. Uh, but more people are going to be eating in. Uh, and even before this, I liked it uh, from a valuation perspective, and I like it even more. I, I think I talked about this on Monday. I have a friend who's in the alcohol distribution business, and he works for a lot of businesses or a lot of uh, grocery stores and many many uh, Kroger 
uh, owned businesses, and some of their days last week were up 400% in re- resale volume. Um, and so that, to me, is uh, just an indicator of uh, a giant uh, increase in demand for just groceries in general, uh, stockpiling goods, canned goods, et cetera. Uh, and Kroger is going to benefit most broadly, right? Campbell's Soup, obviously, but think of all the different products, Clorox and Procter & Gamble products and uh, Campbell's products, et cetera, that Costco, uh, Kroger, Kroger uh, sells, and they're a pure play. Uh, I talk about Costco. A lot of people talk about Costco. People people uh, stocking up on toilet paper and things like that, but Costco also sells big-screen TVs and printers and uh, high price items, and those are going to be less in demand. So uh, Kroger doesn't really have that issue. So I really like uh, Kroger in this environment. Now, Walmart, Costco, and Target are all doing well as well. So uh, Amazon, too. Uh, so let's, uh, let's touch on some retail names in this environment. And, and those are obviously doing well. Walmart shares hit record high yesterday. That's another company that I think should do fairly well, um, you know, was, was down today, definitely on the, uh, the list of potential buys, like Kroger better, but, but Walmart too. Um, airlines are hurting, Blue, Southwest, American, Delta, all trading near record lows. Cruise lines are in big trouble with very leveraged balance sheets, uh, and those are uh, going to be a problem. Big tech stocks have been a mixed bag, uh, some with uh, that are more tied to advertising. I think that's where you're going to see some of the, the bigger drawdowns. You know, even though I like a, the Googles of the world, uh, not a big fan of the Facebooks of the world, but those companies are very tied to ad revenue. So you have to be worried about that. Then you have Disney. Disney is also hurting big time, uh, uh, although I think at some point there will be a buy, maybe just not yet until we know when they're going to open up their theme parks. I think that'll be uh, the, the, the time to buy. Um, you know, mortgage rates are down, uh, but they're not down nearly as much as you would expect. Uh, and you know, even though uh, even though mortgage rates are down, housing stocks are down even bigger. So uh, I would think that's going to drag out a little while as well. Those are the best stocks streaming live Monday through Friday, four o'clock to the time hour. I would love to hear from you. Give me a call at eight 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 ninety nine chart. If you live in Houston or Chicago, you will soon have an opportunity to meet in person with Steve Peasley. That's right. Steve is offering his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio reviews in Houston, Texas on April 17th and in Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Let's go to Joel in Castro Valley looking at FedEx. Yeah, hi, Justin. Um, yeah, I want to ask you about FedEx. I'm, I'm kind of looking at a couple of different reasons why they, I mean, they're, they're beating down quite a bit right now, but I'm looking at a couple of reasons why they might want to go up in value at some time down the road because, one, fuel prices being low, and two, with uh, everybody kind of stuck at home, don't you think of the... Uh, the industry itself is going to increase uh, as far as parcel deliveries, and wouldn't they get a piece of that? Also, uh, as a secondary question, I'm interested in uh, 
pursuing call options for six to 12 months, and I'm just interested in your take on this environment for pursuing that type of uh, investment. Well, I'll start with your, your last one first. Well, call options uh, in this environment, they can pay off. The issue right now is implied volatility is very high. So when you're buying call options, you're going to have to overcome the actual realized volatility to the upside here, in this case, would need to be higher than the implied volatility over that time period for you to make good, make money on it, right? Um, so that's really the downside of buying call options in this environment is just the VIX is very high, uh, implied volatility is very high, and therefore you're going to have to pay big time for those call options. Uh, and you're not going to get the underlying dividend from a company like FedEx. So let me pivot to FedEx here. This is uh, about 2.3% now, but it is down dramatically from its all-time high in 2018, around $270, $280 a, a share, and now at $111 a share. So down about 60%. And the reason is it's because business has been slowing. It's uh, made $15.52 last year, and it's expected to only make $10.26 this year. And they do have a decent amount of debt in their balance sheet. And my biggest problem is it, I, I like what you're thinking, I like your thought process there, is that is it, my problem is that it's not best of breed. UPS is best of breed. And while from certain metrics, price of sales, et cetera, it's not as cheap as FedEx, it's far more profitable and has a much better balance sheet, has a much better uh, position in the marketplace, better management, uh, so you're paying a little bit of premium for UPS, but not enough to make me say, okay, FedEx is so much cheaper that I'd rather own that. I'd rather own a UPS. Remember, in this market, you want to own best of breed. Best of breeds are cheap. Didn't used to be. They weren't two months ago, but now a lot of them are very cheap. So I would stick with best of breed, and FedEx does not qualify as that. Thanks for the call, Joel. 8899 chart, 889924278. Now, I don't want to say, tell everyone just go buy UPS uh, because if the economy does continue to go in a standstill, I don't care how many people are sitting at home buying off Amazon. That's not going to make up for the dramatic drop in the economy overall, lost jobs, et cetera. That's going to weigh on the demand for shipments. Of, any, of all kinds. So while UPS is best of breed, that doesn't mean that it's an automatic win if the, if the market and the economy continues to weaken. So just an FYI there. Now, in order to combat the economic downturn that we are in right now, the Fed, or the White House, excuse me, is thinking about sending money to all Americans, right, to try to stimulate the economy. How well, well that old how well that will work is still yet to be seen. However, what you have to look out for in this case are financial scammers. And uh, the FTC is warning about this, Federal Trade Commission, and they're predicting that scammers are gearing up to take advantage of these checks that are likely to be sent out. And they're going to try to steal the money that is offered to all of us uh, Americans that are, that are suffering, right? Now, the size and timing of these direct payments have not yet been determined. So anyone calling you up saying that they know how much you're going to get or uh, they have any idea of what is 
coming down the pipeline, they're probably scanning it, right? So this isn't reality yet. It's just hypothetical. Now, the government will not call to ask your social security number, bank account, credit card number, and anyone does is trying to scan you, okay? They won't ask you to pay anything up front, such as a fee or any charges to get this money. It will likely just be a check in the mail, just like it was back, I believe, 2009 is when they did it uh, last time. So make sure that you, your loved ones, friends, family, you do not get duped by, by scammers because every time there is some sort of a government handout, you get these scammers taking advantage of hope, right? Everybody wants hope and everyone, a lot of people are turning to government for hope. You know, think of mortgage refinancing or mortgage uh, re relief, debt relief. There's a lot of scammers in there because people know that the government does offer assistance here and there, especially on mortgages. And many people have used that opportunity to scam people out of money. So be aware of that. So the next and best talk, a story centered around this opinion. Stay home stocks make perfect sense in the current environment. In this historic volatile market, companies experiencing disruption are going to adapt, and there should be upside momentum. That story tomorrow. I'm Justin Klein, and ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial Consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where InvestTalk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. Arham in San Jose wants to talk about the housing market. Hi, Justin. Thank you. And uh, thank you for your show. Uh, my question is, uh, as a, somebody who's renting and looking to buy his first property, um, 
I had saved up the amount for the down payment and and then some. But now I'm tempted. Do I do I still want to go and uh, currently? Obviously, there is nobody showing any houses and uh, brokers because of the I'm in the Bay Area. Um, so, would you say this is the right time to once things get better? Should I get back into the market for looking uh, for purchasing the house or kind of set it out for a walk of uh, through the summer? Well, I think there's always. I've, I've had kind of the same answer for the past two or three years. It's just being picky, and I think in this market, uh, you can be even more picky, <laughs> and you don't want to overextend yourself into something that you you can't afford, even if you have the down payment. Uh, you want to be conservative on your bids. Don't be trying to outbid other people. Uh, and but if you find something that you you really like and you want to have, you have a eight, 10, 12 year time horizon or more uh, on holding, then I think you still can pull the trigger. Uh, but I think the best, the, the best time, maybe not the best time, but one of the better times to be looking for properties will be more end of this year, early next year, um, especially if this economic downturn out. Uh, you know, real estate prices tend to be slow moving. Uh, I had a call yesterday from somebody in the commercial space saying that there's deals falling out, but there's some deals that are coming in on back on board because people just want to get out. Um, so, you know, things are, are fluid uh, in, in every market, but even the real estate market, you know, it's slow moving. Um, but prices will likely be lower six, 12 months from now, especially in the San Jose market. Now you're going to get you know, the, the stock options for a lot of tech investors or tech uh, employees are likely to be worth a lot less. Uh, there was some big, big payouts over the past, you know, seven years or so in the Silicon Valley market of people who just got stock options and cashed them out and were able to buy multi-million dollar homes because they just had the money. Uh, that's not going to be quite the case as it had been over the past uh, five, seven years or so. So you're going to have, should have a little bit less competition. But if you find something that, like I said, seems like a, a good value, maybe 10, 15% below market, maybe more, uh, and fits your criteria for owning long-term, then I would say pull the trigger. But just be very patient and just keep looking. Keep out there in the market, seeing what comes on, and maybe something fits your time horizon, needs, and price criteria. Thanks for the call, Farhan. Let's go to Mike in New Mexico, looking at AT&T. Yes, hello, uh, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, yes, I uh, have questions about AT&T. I read in the news uh, today that they're pursuing a $3 billion line of credit. And I know this company already has a huge amount of debt. So I'm curious as to what your thoughts are about this company going forward. I mean, uh, how, how safe is the dividend? Uh, I think the dividend safe. Their cash dividend pay ratio is only 50% to 5-0. Uh, so certainly from a cash flow perspective, they're fine. Uh, they do have a good amount of debt, but you, how many billion did you say? Billion. They're pursuing a three loan of $3 billion. Yeah, well, $3 billion is nothing. They have $161 billion of debt in their balance sheet and $223 billion market cap, and their revenue is 181 billion dollars during 12 months and their free cash flow last quarter was eight billion dollars so three billion is not really that much for a company of this size now 
is certainly uh, leverage up their balance sheet a little bit to purchase things like DirecTV, not a good acquisition. Now, this, this environment will hurt that even more, uh, especially if football doesn't come back this, uh, you know, in, in September. Also, you're talking about uh, they bought Time Warner and content value probably went down some to a degree. So there's certainly some risk there. But the core of their business is wireless. Core of their business is wireless, which I think is very, very steady. I don't think anybody's going to be cutting their cell phone off in the middle of a recession. In today's world, it remains the center of our universe. And they are, in a lot of ways, a duopoly, even though you're going to get some more competition from the merger teams in T-Mobile. But uh, I still like AT&T. I think long-term, they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, you know, you're going to have some volatility in their revenues in relation to some of their more volatile aspects of their business. But that core, core business of a wireless carrier will stay, and I think that makes it still a good value. Thanks for the call, Mike. That was AT&T. Symbol is T. 8899 chart, 8899242278. Let's talk about the bond market. I always say that the bond market is smarter than the stock market. And there's been a lot of dislocation. And this is a market where many there, there are many what I call non-bank institutions blowing up. A lot of funds, leveraged funds. Um, remember risk parity? A lot of risk parity funds having big trouble. Uh, you're looking at, I think I got a call Monday on an ETF that had lever that was getting yield using leverage, right? I think it might have been a closed-end fund instead of ETF, but, you know, for a lot of people, they know the same thing. But you're seeing blow-ups here. You're seeing the credit markets were leveraged. Funds are trying to just get out really at any cost, trying to sell whatever they can. That's why you're seeing the investment-grade corporate bond market kind of sell off dramatically. Even LQD was down 5% today, 5%. That is the investment grade corporate bond market. And that's what's showing you. And that's, that's down from 100 in one month. Beginning of this month, the high was $134. Now we're 105. These are investment grade corporate bonds. And what that's showing you is that there are a lot of funds underlying that are blowing up. Now, on Tuesday, companies in the investment grade space, issued $28 billion in bonds. Exxon sold $8.5 billion, Pepsi $6.5 billion, and they're both paying off shorter-term debt known as commercial paper. Now, there were zero deals Monday, and issuance in the high-yield space has virtually stopped. There's no issuance there. That is a big problem, and the Fed's trying to uh, address that. Um, so... The market's still trying to figure this out. The market's trying to figure out what does this all mean for the corporate space and funds that thought that there was always this Fed put, right? The Fed put just expired because there's something that came out of nowhere that the Fed cannot solve. It was always believed the Fed could solve kind of anything, and you're seeing now that they can't. Even though the government's talking about coming into this market, they would need to ask Congress, the authority, to purchase commercial uh, to buy government bonds, or not government bonds, corporate bonds. They, they can help in the commercial paper market, but that's about it. 
So, you know, you're having companies like Boeing, Denny's, Southwest Airlines, Wynn Resort, Marriott, they're all having difficulty financing their debt. They're pulling all of the credit lines they can from their banks. And this is the issue here. Companies with a lot of debt that have cyclical businesses like a Boeing, like a Southwest Airlines, like a Wynn Resort, like a Marriott, they're having big problems here. Now, just 40 companies with investment-grade credit ratings have sold bonds this month. That's it, 40. That's the fewest since 2018. And this is why you have to be very careful in this market. You have to own companies with strong solid balance sheets as well as anti-cyclical businesses. I'm Justin Klein, listening to Invest Talk, and you are in good company. Keep download statistics, and we know that in January and February, for example, we had over a half a million downloads each month. So, Steve and I thank you for that. And we're trending towards north of 600,000 this month. We're on a rocket ship here, so we appreciate all of that support. Please, please be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and our website, investtalk.com. We have a number of resources over there for you to help you build a solid financial future. If you want to and if you're unsure where to start, you, I suggest you take our risk 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 questionnaire. It will define your investment comfort zone and help you get your portfolio in line. Of course, you can call our KHP financial offices in Irvine, California. We are happy to help. We want to help. But for now, our loan, phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. In times of market volatility, your awareness of the need to properly balance your portfolio's asset allocations is undoubtedly increasing. If you live in Houston or Chicago, you will soon have an opportunity to meet in person with Steve Peasley. That's right. Steve is offering his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio reviews in Houston, Texas on April 17th, and in Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Availability is limited, so don't delay. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. The Anytime Listener lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. My name is Matthew. I have $1,500 to invest, and I plan on adding 100 to $200 a month. That's just what I can afford right now. And I was wondering, how much of that should I actually invest into the market? I've heard one person who's a trader say that you want to try and stay in the game, only invest 20% of your portfolio. And I've heard people say uh, invest 40%. I was planning on doing around 50% because I'm younger but I was just kind of wondering what your guys' thoughts on that was. How much should I actually invest? And the second part of this question is, uh, what do you guys recommend me actually investing in? Do you recommend me investing in oil, gold, both? Yeah, thank you guys. Well, I think everybody who's listened to the show for a little while knows that I'm a big fan of gold in this type of uh, marketplace with uh, central bank rates back to zero, back to QE, Likely, this is this is the place that you want to be bullish on gold, and, and I've been bullish for for some time here. So definitely, you want some exposure there, ten, twenty percent of the portfolio uh, in that type of exposure. 
Uh, and then I would be investing in, if you're going to do oil, you want to do big quality companies, not your, uh, not your risky shale producing a lot of debt. And you want to diversify. Uh, and I like individual names, especially nowadays, $1,500. Before, I'd say put it into an ETF or put it into a mutual fund, an ETF that has low or no commissions. But today's world, there are no commissions, trading commissions. So uh, start by investing in companies that you know, you understand, look, good values, uh, solid dividends, solid cash flows. I would start with that. And I, in this market, 50%, but low debt companies only. Let's go to John in San Jose looking at PPLT, which is standard physical platinum shares. Yes, looking at platinum. You there? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Are oh, you looking at platinum? Yes, uh, it's it's just tanked in the last uh, few days, and I've never seen it this low since I've been around. But um, I don't quite understand why it's tanked as much as it has. Um, because platinum and, uh, is an industrial metal. I know it's considered a precious metal to a lot of people, uh, but at the end of the day, same with silver. Uh, they they have some precious metal, I guess, properties, but they have more industrial metal properties. So uh, if I rather own gold, if I'm looking uh, for this in this space, in a precious metal space, I want to buy gold. Now, if you're thinking for an economic turnaround, then yeah, I think this might be a good a good play. But yeah, this is at an all time low for this ETF PPLT. Uh, and so yeah. on the precious metal side, I'm sticking with gold. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. That was PPLT, which is your platinum producers. I want to talk quickly about mortgages. This is really interesting. And I know we talked a little about the housing market uh, with that caller earlier. But what's interesting in the market right now is that the 30-year is back above four. You know the 10 years? gone up, you're still seeing a lot of dislocation in the mortgage market. Typically, mortgage rates are about 180, 190 basis points above the 10-year, which would put that about, call it 3%. And we're at 4 on the third year. Very, very odd change in the marketplace, uh, in that mortgage market. So if this stays, that, you know, we're going to have a drag economically, but also in the housing market in general, right, from higher rates and a poor economy. And I could see easily uh, a 15%, 20% drop over the next year in real estate prices, especially on the high end here. Uh, so I would be weary of getting too aggressive. Now, like I said before, that previous caller, that if it fits your needs, if it's your lifestyle, and I would say it's your primary residence, it's more about lifestyle than it is about finding the perfect price. It's about sustainability of payments and living a great life. This is the best talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom in our working community after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart What makes a stock fit into a certain category like emerging markets? Or what's your question? Why not ask it now at 888-99-CHART on InvestTalk. 
You are listening to Invest Talk. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Justin Klein is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance, and the phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Stephen and Justin. I'm a huge fan of the show. I had a question about Michaels. As of today, it was at a dollar a share. But from your humble opinion, do you believe it's a good buy around this level? You know, assuming that it could go back to two or three, then you're making two or three X on your money. Or is the risk of it, you know, going lower, going bankrupt too high? Looking forward for the answer. Take care. I think in this environment, the risk is too high. Uh, you know, their enterprise value, or let's just say, their, their long-term debt on their balance sheet is 2.6 billion. They have about 400 million in cash on their balance sheet. So, you know, net, net with everything, they have about two billion. It's called two billion dollars in debt. Uh, and their free cash flow is last quarter was about 300 million dollars. So, you know, they're their finances don't look too dire, but the problem is now we're in this environment where things could get mighty, mighty ugly uh, for the economy. And I don't know, maybe more people would be going to arts and craft stores. You know, their business tends to be relatively steady overall. Uh, it, it's just a very high risk play uh, in this marketplace. And that's what worries me uh, the, the most. And their sales has been going down from about five billion trailing 12 months in 2018 now to sorry 5.4 now to five so you know 10 percent decline there very high risk now it was up 13 percent today 19 cents a share so uh, but i don't hate it of all the companies with a lot of debt at least their cash flows are positive their free cash flows positive they don't have a dividend that they need to cut or anything like that so you know I don't hate the play, but it is extremely high risk in an environment where highly leveraged companies are in trouble. So, uh, but of all of them, it seems like a decent play. Let's go to Frank in, Frank in San Rafael looking at W-O-P-E-Y. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've had this company for a long time. It's on the pink sheets now, but it wasn't when I bought it. And I just want to know if I should buy, sell, or buy, buy some more. All right, this is Woodside Petroleum, $9 billion market cap. Enterprise value is uh, 11, so a couple billion dollars in debt here. They do have, let me look at their cash flow situation. Ooh, this is looking precarious. Let me, what do they do? Let's see what they do. I'm trying to bring this up here. They're supposed to be the largest uh, 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 natural gas company in Australia. Ah, Australian. Now. And they're affiliated with Chevron. Got it. It's has 40% shareholding. Let's see. Shell and BHP looks like they own some. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. 11% uh, dividend, but that dividend is pretty high for its its earnings. So I don't know if I would expect that dividend to... To stay intact, but they they don't have a ton of debt, which I like. Um, you know, it looks looks pretty decent. Uh, I don't know the dynamics of the Australian energy market, Australian natural gas market. So that's what worries me kind of the most is I don't really have any good insight on that. And 
clearly natural gas prices globally have have plummeted. But what about in Australia in general? Uh, the decline in China that's going to affect directly Australia. Uh, and what was the demand there? So I like that they have relatively low amount of debt on their balance sheet. That's probably the my my favorite thing about the business, and that they're kind of insulated from the other other markets uh, abroad. So, you know, I would hold it for now. Um, from what I'm seeing, I would definitely need to do a little more research on this, but uh, I would hold it for now because it does look like a pretty good value. Thanks for the call, Frank. And I haven't seen that one before. I've heard of Woodside Petroleum. Uh, I have, I know a lot about the natural gas market in this country, but Australia is very different, right? You. you their end demand for Australian natural gas is going to be very different than end demand from United States natural gas. So, uh, but it does look pretty cheap. I'm Justin Klein. This is another Invest Talk program. I will return on Monday. CP through the host program tomorrow. Please remember that you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.